All right, over 50, let's go. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey. Wait, what? Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Facebook Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Two points on 2-20-2020. I'll take it. Uh, they dig themselves a hole in the first period. They do well to at least get one back. Uh, they fall behind 3-1, make it 3-2, and then do what they do. Uh, they are comfortable, I guess, digging themselves holes and clawing out of them. They, uh, they didn't give it right back uh, like they did after they tied it up against the Islanders. I thought it was a good all-around effort. You knew, um, you knew Columbus was going to come out. They're home. They feel like they got embarrassed, and they feel like they played better than the Flyers did on Tuesday and, you know, got shellacked 5-1 despite that feeling. So uh, it was – I would love to stop giving up a goal on the first shot of the game when Brian Elliott is in. That would be awesome. But after those first couple, it seemed like he, uh, he found his bearings and, um, and, and was solid for the rest of the way. I, I don't know if Carter Hart would have stopped that first one, you know, that Felino goal was just a hell of a goal. Ivan Provorov just can't get walked like that. Uh, that's going to be a goal every single time you give it up. But um, uh, that first one, I'm not saying Carter Hart would have stopped it. I'm just saying I would prefer the number one goalie be in in games like this. Uh, they have games against, like, Winnipeg and San Jose coming up, games that just don't mean as much in the standings. You need all the – you need every, every, every collection of two points you can get are important. But head-to-head matchups against division uh, against division teams who are fighting for playoff positioning are just a little bigger. I know that Hart's numbers on the road haven't been good, but Brian Elliott's numbers overall haven't been good, and then his numbers on the road are also not very good. So it's just kind of a uh, go with the better player, and that's Carter Hart to me. But it didn't kill him tonight. Uh, they do get the four points out of four points in this home and home, which is the most important thing. And my, uh, my dream of a six game winning streak is intact. I was a little worried, uh, at least when they tied it up, I knew I could say, I said at the very least, I won a six game point streak. Uh, but they have two of the six now in that win column. And I hope they keep it going, uh, in their next game, which is, where, where the hell? There it is. Which is Saturday the 22nd. It is a 1 o'clock puck drop at home against the Winnipeg Jets. And if you're looking for somewhere to watch that game, may I suggest to you Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern. That's right, Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern, right there in the heart of Wildwood Crest, New Jersey. It is my favorite bar at the Jersey Shore to watch a Flyers game. It is one of my favorite bars anywhere to watch any game. Because of Timmy Fitzpatrick, he is a hockey fan, he is a sports nut, and you will know it as soon as you walk into Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern. But not just that. They have an excellent beer selection. Their menu is great. I suggest to you that roast pork sandwich. So please check out Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern next time you're looking to watch a Flyers game or any game because with all the direct TV packages they have, I guarantee you whatever game you're looking for, they will have. Maybe even the XFL. I'm enjoying the XFL. I don't know. But Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern right there in Wildwood Crest, New Jersey. Can't put it over enough. All right. Uh, yeah, Kevin Hayes with that winner. That was awesome. I like that he went with the Fred X, People's Champ. We can call that whatever. You can say it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. That is Freddie Mitchell's signature move, the People's Champ. And uh, Kevin Hayes, he delivers, man. What can Hayes do for you, I guess? That was... Uh, 
That was a big goal in overtime, back and forth overtime. Columbus has been to overtime seven, or they have 17 games decided in the OT. So that doesn't even include the uh, uh, doesn't even include the shootouts they've been in. So they go to the extra frame a lot. The Flyers, whenever they're in Columbus, it seems like go to overtime. So this one was kind of predictable. I'm just happy they got out of there at the two points. Uh, let's get to you guys. Let's see what you all have to say. A lot of people here. I will try to get as many comments as I can. Uh, have the Flyers had a team this exciting exciting since the start of BSH? No, we we started BSH in the middle of Hextall's, you know, miniature rebuild. They they haven't they haven't really had this is how I'll put it. I know that they've been on the playoff cusp and they've made some playoff uh they've made some playoff appearances over the last few years. But can you say the Flyers have had better than a zero percent chance to win the Stanley Cup in the last five to seven years? Because I can't. I, I, I honestly, it was zero. Is it likely they win the cup? No, it's not likely anyone wins the cup. But like, there's a path right now. I I haven't been able to say that in a long time. I believe if Sean Couturier, Ivan Provorov, and Carter Hart all play to their absolute potential during the NHL, uh, not the NHL playoffs, can't say that during the Stanley Cup playoffs, um, they have as good of a chance as anybody. Now that's asking you know, two really young guys and your number one center to all play their absolute best for, you know, two months. But I think it's at least there's something I can point to that says it's possible where in the past uh, that just wasn't the case. So no, they absolutely have not had a uh, a team this exciting um, since I've been with BSH or really since my days with Sons of Penn. Although the the second half of that 2015-16 season, uh, just to get to that first round matchup with the uh, with the Washington Capitals was a lot of fun, but we're just, we're watching uh, everything come to fruition right now, and that is exciting, absolutely. Woo! Yeah, I'll give you a woo there, Max. Yeah, Hazy, Hazy comes through again. He's he's had some big ones. Um, would you make a move and or stay with this group and let it ride? If they can bolster the bottom six somehow, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, it, hey. Depending on what's available, you know, I heard Johnny Goudreau uh, erased uh, Calgary Flames out of his Instagram account or something tonight. So uh, if this was the NBA, it would be like, oh, shit, it's over uh, for him in Calgary. I don't know. Uh, listen, it all depends on cost. It all depends on what's what's available. If you can go get a freaking star, go get a freaking star. Um, I, I think they're going to add someone who is an upgrade over Connor Bunneman. That's what I think is going to happen. If you get Nolan Patrick back, that's that's two good moves. I'm not going to count Patrick if that's the only move, because like, what's he really, re- what's he realistically going to give you? But if you get another depth piece and Nolan Patrick, I think that's a decent uh, decent trade deadline. Um, if they let it ride, they let it ride. I don't think it'll be for lack of trying. I fully believe Chuck Fletcher thinks it is his job to arm this team with the ability to win multiple rounds in these upcoming playoffs, and he's going to do everything he can but I don't think he's going to be an idiot about it. I don't think he's going to trade Ghost and first-round picks and Cam York and Bobby Brink for for rentals who aren't, you know, legitimate top six forwards. I don't see any of that happening. But I do think Fletcher is going to work the phones and do his best to provide some sort of upgrade. NAK is a mainstay at this point. I've, I've, we've been talking about NAK on BSH, it feels like, since I started – uh, we talked last year about how he was just going to make the team out of camp, and he just didn't. We talked this year about how he was going to make the team out of camp, and he just didn't. 
Um, but he's here now, and he's doing exactly what we always thought he could do, providing the energy, giving you a little bit more offense than you expect out of a fourth liner, plays that physical north-south game. He's exactly what a coach wants. I don't know why it took the organization this long to realize it. Maybe he had to realize exactly who he is to make it at this level, but it's great to see him now, and I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing him develop. Maybe he can be, become something even a little bit more. NAK has a nasty shot. I like that fourth line so much right now. They've been good. Can't argue that. They've been, they've been good. Another huge game from NAK. Like his mentality. Shoot the puck when you have a clean shot. Yeah, how? What was Sean Couturier doing in the overtime? Like, maybe he didn't have the cleanest shot just because he was right on top of the goalie, like, face-to-face -face with him. But, I, man, I've seen you deep goalies from that distance make a move, try to get a rebound, at least get the offensive zone draw, something. And he just, like, flubs the pass to Drew, who had clearly drifted too far before. I, that was just... Oh, my God. Fucking shoot, dude. Fucking shoot. <laughs> hey, Bill, do you think uh, these two wins will affect how Fletcher goes about the deadline? I don't know about effect. I think they, they make him confident that this team, it's no longer, I just saw a quote. Uh, maybe it's still up on my phone. Yeah, the Philadelphia Flyers tweeted it out. Hayes following uh, Blue Jackets Flyers. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fun run if we play the right way. Two weeks ago, we were battling for the wild card. Now we're battling for home ice. I think they can't use the excuse like, oh, we didn't want to just try to, you know, get in. Now it's not about getting in. Now it's about seeing if you can get that two seed. I know Pittsburgh's good, but they just got killed by the Leafs tonight. I know Washington's good, but Washington's been sliding. They were losing last I saw. Try to get as far up in this division as you can. Try Stack wins now, man. If Fletcher can do anything, Man, how not like imagine challenging for the division for the last month of the season? How much freaking fun would that be? Like any anything's possible in this damn league. If this if they get the right goaltending and just a couple of guys, different guys step up every night, they can do it. I think this at least gives Fletcher confidence. It's not like let's give up assets to hope to get the second wild card. It's about making this team good enough to go on a legitimate run now. Try to get to an Eastern Conference final. Try to upset a team or two along the way. Try to get, like, just, it's not just about making it now. And I think that's the uh, the statement they've made with these two games, and it'll at least give Fletcher confidence that it's not a waste of assets to, uh, to go forward. Jumbo Joe, you know I was pushing for it on a, uh, on uh, BSH Radio last night, Justin, I would love to bring in. I would love to bring in Thornton, but I just don't think he's. Uh, I don't think he's leaving. And if he was, I think he would go to a team that has a more uh, realistic chance at the Stanley Cup than the Flyers. Um, it, it would be, you know, a Ray Bork sort of situation where he's going to like Tampa um, to finally get his ring, rather than come here and cross your fingers, you can win a couple of rounds, you know, a first-round upset or whatever. Phil Myers has a shot to be a star. Loved him. Uh, end of regulation. 
Man, if he just ever, if he ever is able to put it all together, that's what I like. A, a play like he made at that, at the end, uh, just using his size, using his strength, using his speed, all of that. He's the superior athlete. He wins a battle, pushes the guy off the puck, throws him into the boards. That's Phil Myers. Uh, when the play slows down and he has options, sometimes it's not as great. You can some, it looks like you can hear him thinking sometimes. But when it's a play like that, you see his monster potential. Um, just the the superior athlete in pretty much every situation when he's out there. Would rather die in a blaze of glory with Carter Hart in the meaningful games. Uh, I didn't catch the rest of that comment, but I guess it's about starting Elliott tonight. Yeah, I know they want Hart with the uh, with with the home games. They like to give Hart to the home fans, and I get it. They have some uh, home games coming up. Like I said, they have three in a row at home with some days off. Uh, so you can realistically start um, Carter in all three of your next uh, next games. The 22nd, which is Saturday, against uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Then they are off until Tuesday, the 25th, the day after the trade deadline. That's the Sharks. And then they are all two days off again. And then Friday, the 28th, against the Rangers. So with two days um, between all the games, it looks like you could start Carter Hart all three of the uh, – all three of the home games and then basically have the same rotation you had tonight where yes, it's a home and home and yeah, maybe he even beat them, but you could go to Elliott Sunday, the first at the Rangers because they have a home and home to split February and March with the Rangers. Uh, so I, I expect, I expect Hart to get the majority of the starts. I think he will, especially the home games. Um, it, it's not an egregious mistake tonight because you won and I get maybe you want to preserve uh, Hart's confidence. You want to keep him healthy and confident for the playoffs. I get all that. He hasn't been very good on the road this year, but that's going to stop eventually. Like It's not just going to be for the rest of his career he's bad on the road. Like It's just not going to be that way. So uh, I would have liked to see him in there tonight, but they get the two points. I'm not going to throw a fit about Elaine Vigneault because he's done a hell of a job so far this year. It was just something I found odd. And then when the first shot of the game goes in against Elliott, you go, oh, well, what the hell? But he made some saves after that, did a pretty good job, and everything uh, everything worked out. And what will it take for this league to fix the referee issue? It's getting worse by the day. Yeah, so many, so many bad calls both ways tonight. I'll never say, like, the Flyers are targeted by bad officiating because that doesn't make sense. But it's just like... Both the goalie interference against the Flyers, so many different things that Robinson hit on Friedman, and then the slash makeup calls. It was just like one after the other, missing egregious penalties, and then calling makeup calls. And it was they did lose, they lost control of the game. The referees for a little bit there, officiating. I used to give NHL officials so much the benefit of the doubt because shit, man, that game is fast. That game is fast, and everyone's cheating. You know, if they called a slash every time there was a slash, there would only be power plays. There'd never be even strength play. Um, so I, I, you got to let some stuff go, but it just seems like they have no fucking idea what's going on out there sometimes. Two goals went in tonight that the officials didn't see. They just did not see the puck go in the net, which is the objective of the game.
uh, G keeping the point streak going with another big goal too. Everything coming together. Yeah, man, he was he was struggling to produce points there for a little bit, but he's absolutely producing uh, like a maniac right now. He's been awesome. Uh, he scores that that goal on the right side. We had G on the right side score tonight, so that was new. But I did want to check. I swear he missed the net twelve times tonight. I want to check the uh, the event summary real quick. Where are you at, G? Uh, number 28, he had six shots and only two misses. Nah, I have a, I have an issue with that total. That can't possibly be. That cannot possibly be. He he had at least four misses tonight. Uh, and that happens. And he has six shots on goal, like talking about 10 total attempts, if, if my numbers are right. But I swear he missed freaking four shots at least tonight. Bill starting to think this team could do some damage in the playoffs. I agree. I think this team is built better for the playoffs. Um, they, they, they haven't really put together since Christmas. They haven't won more than two in a row. But they are winning two out of every three. And, you know, that means you win a series 4-2. Uh, that's pretty good. Um, I, I just think the way they play defensively, if they get the goaltending and just a little bit of puck luck, uh, they could absolutely do some damage in the playoffs. I, I think this team is built more for a playoff style of hockey than a lot of other teams. Um, and they also have the top-end talent where we've seen, like, Columbus. And Columbus had a ton of talent last year. But just we've seen teams who play that uh, choke-it-off sort of defensive style. It is to make up for a lack of talent. The Flyers have the ability to defend with the best teams in the league. And also, it seems... Um, they can score when needed. So I, I absolutely think they can make some noise. Now, like I said, I think to really go on a run, Sean Couturier, Ivan Provorov, and Carter Hart all have to play their absolute best hockey. But at least I can name guys that give you a chance, you know? It's not like, well, if Andre Mazaros's leg starts working again, uh, maybe. <laughs> like, you know, we're not there at least. Haig had a great run last two games versus Columbus. Haig was awful. He made some bad plays tonight. He wasn't uh, he wasn't on top of his game. He was uh, also out there a lot with Friedman. Uh, Braun was out of the lineup tonight, so he kind of didn't have that safety blanket, that veteran presence there to help him out. Uh, didn't love Haig's game tonight, though. With the addition of the right piece and Patrick and Ghost providing a positive impact, this team could be dangerous. Listen, uh, I, I want to bring someone in. I hope to see Patrick again. I would love if Ghost found, you know, 80% of what he was the first three years of his career, but I'm not counting on either of those things. I mean, Patrick hasn't played a game all year. Ghost has as many points as Robert Haig does. I think they've now played the same number of games, and they have basically the same number of points. So I... I I'm not counting on Patrick or Ghost to, to make an impact at this point. It's going to be go with your horses. Now, if Ghost come, comes back and he looks like he can really tear it up for you, awesome. But why would that happen now? There's no room for centers. What? What do you mean there's no room for centers? They don't... Con like Connor Bunneman's nice. You can upgrade on Connor Bunneman, and they like Lawton better at wing. There, there's room for centers. 
my favorite stat is the top scoring D unit in the league, balanced team and playing great. And the best part about that is like Sanheim for a lot of the season, he's been really good lately uh, in terms of point production, but Sanheim's having a disappointing year overall in terms of his points. Um, like I said, Ghost has as many freaking points as Robert Haig. He he hasn't been a big factor. And Phil Myers, his goal the other night was his first one since like December or something. So uh, it's the potential for this defensive core uh, is even greater, and they are the highest scoring D core in the league. So yeah, if if they can get it going with a little bit more consistency, uh, like they have over the past few weeks, how many games in a row is that with a Goal by a defenseman. Did they actually get one tonight? Um, what was it? TK, Hayes, G, and uh, and Cubell. So, no, they didn't get one tonight. But they're getting points out of their, their defenseman every night. Like, Braun, before he came out of the lineup, was putting up points uh, for like a month, a month or two at the highest rate he ever has. Um, they have tremendous amount of ability back there, even – getting contributions out of guys you wouldn't really expect. Thoughts on Jeff Carter? Uh, if the price is right, I don't want to give up too much for him, and they have to retain some salary. That's that's the thing. Uh, at 50%, the Flyers would still – you can't retain more than 50% salary, and the Flyers can't afford – even 50% of Carter's 5.25, they'd have to give up a roster player or something to make it work. So I don't, um, I, I just don't think it's all that realistic. And I don't know how interested he is in leaving Los Angeles. But I, I would like, in a perfect world, sure. I just don't think there's really a way to make it work, uh, especially with the term remaining on his deal. I'm a Jeff Carter fan. I think plugging him in as your 3C would be awesome. You can move him over to wing if Nolan Patrick ever comes back and finds his form and put those two together, and that is a good third line in terms of two-way play and uh, and ability to create some offense. But I just don't think it's it's really all that realistic. I have more confidence in this team than I have had since 2012. Vigneault has this team playing like a machine. Uh, they are out. Uh, they tire out other teams, uh, other teams' lines and erode them like water on rocks over time. It's a beautiful thing, Bill. Yeah, I just wish we saw it against Columbus in the first game on Tuesday. Now, the Flyers get two fluky goals, and that really helps. But for like 10 or 12 minutes, uh, the first 10 or 12 minutes of that game, those were the only two shots on net that they had. And if they didn't end up in the back of the net, do they even count as shots? Uh, so... It takes a little bit for this offense to get going, but on Tuesday, they did play that really, really good defense that even if they're not generating anything of their own, they're not giving up a ton. Um, they're not giving up a ton the other way, so it can take them a little bit to get going. Tonight, not so much. They you know, they give up the goal right away. Uh, it's, it's a one-on-one -on -one rush. It's, it's not like they gave up a ton there, but you gave the guy enough room to, to pick a spot, and he placed it right where it went. Um, you know, Provorov just gets destroyed by Felino on that on that uh, mini breakaway he had, and that just kills him. But uh, if they play that suffocating D, it's totally fine when the uh, when the offense does take a little while to get going. You, like you said, we've we've talked about it for um, we've talked about it for a while. How 
the offense. I, I equate it to a good running game in, in football. It's not about the two or three yards you get in the first quarter. It's about getting to hit that D-line, wearing them down over time, and those, uh, those first quarter attempts paying off late in the game. Officiating was balanced. I don't care about anything else. Yeah, it was balanced and shit. Like, I just... Enforce the rules. That's what I care about. Enforce the rules. It's awesome to see the power play and penalty kill work at the same time. The power play's coming around. Power play is absolutely coming around. Penalty kill's been... Uh, I, I think struggling a bit lately, but that five on three was huge. That five on three kill was freaking gigantic. Uh, that goalie stood no chance. Awesome, awesome blast from G and great setup from Coots. Yeah, the whole, the whole, uh, the whole power play it, it worked. It seemed to. Uh, I didn't even realize. Like when I just see the puck controlled along that left side, I'm like, oh, it's Drew. Oh no, that's TK, and he gets it around. And they they eventually set up. Uh, they eventually set up Drew. It was it, thing to see, man. When this power play is working, it's great. It's freaking awesome. I hope they keep it going. Bill, who would you say is on the trade block? I don't think the Flyers are looking to subtract anybody. I mean, if they have to to make salaries work, they could. Uh, maybe a Michael Roffel or something like that just to clear a little bit of space. But I don't think they're looking to subtract anybody. They are looking to add. Is the power play starting to come into their own? Looks like they are moving the puck with confidence again. Yeah, um, it, it took a while, but I think we're starting to maybe see a little bit of chemistry with all of the different looks. It's not just, listen, do I want just Giroux on the left boards, Voracek on the right with a guy in the slot and a guy in front of the net? I do, but they've been working on several different wrinkles all year, and while it's been frustrating at times and maybe even cost us some games earlier, perhaps it was all in service of, having multiple looks that work, have uh, everybody being comfortable with uh, multiple groupings out there, and we can basically throw any look, throw any uh, c uh, combination of players out there, and they can make something happen. So if that was the big master plan, way to go, Flyers coaches. NAK getting OT time. Hack would never. Yeah, it was it was NAK and Lawton with uh, with I think Sanheim out there. I was like, oh my god, that is not something I expected. And then NAK and uh and Lawton started to get a little cute with the puck in the neutral zone. I was like, boys, boys, this is not why he put you guys out here. But uh, they got it together and then you know got play going the other way. So good for them. Um, yeah, it, Elaine Vigneault is not afraid to throw his guys out there and, you know, not afraid to put them in, in a – he's not afraid to give someone the opportunity to fail. You know, that's always seemed the thing with Hack was he'd rather just lose with what he knew than put someone he wasn't sure of in a situation where they may fail. Like, it was, it was just such an odd – 
uh, he was uh, just ugh. Friedman looks okay as a fill-in. Yeah, I don't mind Friedman as a fill-in. Uh, I think he can adapt and grow into an NHL player. I don't think he looks out of place at all, which is the best you can really say for a guy who is, at this point right now, your seventh or eighth defenseman on the on the organizational depth chart. But I uh, would rather have Braun in there right now. Even though we gave them a point, it was still a big road win. Yeah, I would have loved to deny. I would have loved to deny them the uh, the one out of four points. But the Flyers do get the most important four out of four. It just would have felt so shitty to come away with three out of four. Like ah, you almost you almost did exactly what you needed to do. Even though they do pick up this loser point, getting the four is what's huge for the Flyers as they uh, continue pressing their way up the standings. I like how AV lets Sanheim and Myers play in the offensive zone, let the kids eat up. If you hold those two back, you're just not, what's the point of having them? What's the point of having a Sanheim and a Myers if you're going to put reins on them? You have to let them go deep in the zone. You have to let them make cross-ice passes at the point. Uh, you have to let them take on two guys every now and then. Will there be turnovers? Absolutely. Will there be more positive than negative? So far, so good. We can win the next five. I expect, yeah, we can. I expect to be uh, when. Uh, let's bring up that schedule again. I expect uh, after March first to be on the uh, on a six game winning streak. That's that's my hope when we go into a back to back at Washington March third and home against Carolina on March fifth. Going into those uh, before that Car- uh, before that Washington game. I expect to be on a six-game win streak going into the, that uh, that back-to-back. That's my that is my absolute hope. At the very least, a six-game point streak. Bill, I gotta say, Kevin Hayes is really wowing us. Think we can keep him around for a while? Is he just getting hot at the right time? Well, we're going to keep him around for a while. He signed a pretty damn long contract. He's a good player. This is who he is. He, he's a solid, good two-way center, controls the play, uh, controls the pace of play. That's This is who he is. I mean, that's it. Don't – why – why even engage with people who are going to call Nolan Patrick soft? Like, it, just don't, just ignore it. It's clearly a troll. That's it. That's that's a troll move. Or they've never played sports. Like, that's it. It's a troll move. Just don't engage. It's people looking for a reaction. 
Eric Stahl, third line center. Hello. That was good stuff on BSH radio, Bill. Yeah, I do. Listen, I think hypothetical trade scenarios are dumb because we never, like, they're always different than we think. It's always different pieces. There's always different uh, things that get moved around and ways to make things happen. I think the actual hypothetical trades are dumb. But I just wanted to go through some of the guys I thought would be perfect additions for this team. And someone in here on BSH, on the, on the post game on Tuesday, brought up. Eric Stahl, and I haven't heard his name brought up a ton. Um, uh, you know, uh, the Wild aren't very good, but they don't seem like they're going to blow it up, but they probably should. And if Eric Stahl's available, I think he fits exactly what uh, this team's looking for in terms of, a, uh, in terms of a, a third center that can come in and play some tough minutes for you. Yeah, that was you. I'll say it was you, Ryan. All right. JJ's cheesy Elvis jokes were cringe. He loves this shit, man. You could tell. Uh, you could tell on Tuesday he was so happy he got to use that. Uh, Elvis has left the ice line. He just he loved it. Torts is going to get fired soon. He's keeping that team afloat. I mean, uh, listen, Tortorella, I wouldn't want him coaching my team. I just find him annoying as hell. But it's hard to argue with the job he's done this year. I mean, the, the players they lost in free agency and the players they've lost to injury, just being in it is, is pretty damn big for them. And we saw tonight. They come to play. It's not like they ain't trying out there. They haven't given up. Uh, they haven't tuned him out. It's pretty clear. They just don't have the horses right now. Haig had to have half a dozen turnovers and failed clears. Listen, that's that's the part of Haig's game that he that to me is the biggest is the biggest issue is he, what he does on what he doesn't do on the breakout and what he can't do in terms of passing the puck. That's his issue. Uh, I, I talked about it on BSH Radio last night. Uh, he has impressed me quite a bit at the point. Uh, I didn't, I just hadn't seen it before, keeping pucks in, uh, getting shots through, nice, compact, smooth, uh, wind up on the slap shots. Um, we know he blocks shots and all the hits and everything, but that's, that's the breakout is where he really, that's his struggle. I think the breakout is the most important thing in hockey. That's why I'm not the biggest Hague fan. But I'm willing to say he's good at other things. That's just not one of them. Uh, watching third period of Blues versus Coyotes. Didn't see a shot from the Coyotes. Where is Taylor Hall going? Listen, man, I would love to bring in Taylor Hall. I know he's not going to stay. I know he really wants to hit free agency. This team needs a dude who's going to shoot the puck, though, and I think that would be awesome. Uh, do they bring Ghost right back into the lineup after his conditioning in Lehigh? I don't know. I don't know how this works out. Got to see what's up with Justin Braun. I didn't hear anything about why he missed the game. Um, I, I don't know, but uh, it's going to – we will learn something, I think, about, uh, about Elaine Vigneault and how he views this team uh, and what the makeup should be when, when Ghost is good to go. I would love to see him work his way back in and be an impact player. That's what I want to see happen, but I'm not counting on it.
Rangers playing good hockey. I mean, eh, they're all right. They're doing okay. Flyers are way better than them. It's not even really all that close. Like, they're getting a little bit of goaltending. I mean, Artemi Panarin's awesome. A couple of guys have stepped up for them. Eh, nah. Bill, I can see us taking the caps for a second. Uh, caps are cold. They've been cold, but we know it only takes – I mean, that's a team with a – that's a really good team. That is a team that has put together one hell of a roster, and it's only going to take one game for them to find their groove again. That said, Flyers have beat them a couple of times this year, so I'm not not saying they can't. Um, I'm just going into that game. I hope to be on a winning streak because that's not a game you write down as that should be a win. You know, I hope they win. I think they is they have a good chance to win, but it's not like, oh yeah, well yeah, we need those two points. You don't get those two points, it's a failure. Like that's not the case. I think Fletcher has something big up his sleeve. It's his M.O., and I think he wants to make his mark on this team. Stay tuned. Yeah, I do think there is a little bit of, um, even just in terms of fan service, you want to get people excited, man. Like, last I looked, the Sixers were down 10 to the fucking Nets. You can get, like, the the Phillies are going to be the Phillies this year. Uh, You know, cool. Opening day will be fun. They got some nice players. But you have a chance for the first time in almost a decade to get this city back, get it flyered up again. And uh, why not? Like, the last guy got fired because he refused to do that. He would just rather – and it wasn't like he was wrong. He knew that no matter what he did, no matter what realistic move he could have made, the team wasn't very good. Um, But he didn't – it seemed as if his uh, his his mo was if I can't fix everything, I'm gonna fix nothing, and we're just gonna trot the same group back out there. And I, I, Fletcher is going to go against that because shit, man, we don't we deserve it? Like, don't we deserve the GM saying, "Let's have a fucking playoff run, boys"? You have put together the perfect uh, streak right before the uh, right before the trade deadline to fill me with the confidence that this team is legitimate and we should be adding something to bolster this lineup and try to make a playoff run. Why not? Don't we freaking deserve it? Haven't we been good? Haven't we been good boys and girls sticking with this fucking team through this nightmare of a five, seven-year stretch? Like, God damn it. Just give me more good players and let's win playoff series. Multiple. All right. Nisky Slash was like Tommy Dreamer uh, wielding a kendo stick. <laughs> like, yeah, and then they call the next thing. Like, you clearly saw it because you were smart enough to make a makeup call. Why not just enforce the rules? I'll just never understand it. Ah, we'll let that one go. Oh, they're pissed. No shit. Some guy just got his wrist broken. <laughs> Travis Sanheim gets four minutes for tying a guy up. Meanwhile, Eric Robinson committed three penalties on Mark Friedman in one hit. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. Like, I. 
when I heard the smooth voice of Bill Clement, I had no doubt about tonight. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I'm a Jonesy guy. You know, I, got, I like Jonesy. He's my boy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, who doesn't love Bill Clement? Is just, he's gold, man. He's gold. It's gold, Jerry. It's gold. Braun has the flu. Okay. I hear you about Haig. Tonight was one of his less impressive games lately in getting the puck cleanly out of the D zone, but Provorov was worse. Provorov early in the game had some egregiously bad plays, and I was just saying last night on the on the show with with Charlie and Kelly and Steph, like, could do you think maybe he's a little worn down? Has all this time on ice? Maybe maybe he's starting to show some signs of fatigue. And then later in the game, like he had that basically one man breakout play he made to get a puck deep, uh, got it through the neutral zone and in, over the blue line. He made a couple of other plays. I, I thought Provorov had an uneven game, uh, where whereas in that regard, Haig will never make up for those those mistakes because the best play he can make is is off the glass and out, you know. Uh, and that's that's just uh, like I'm not trying to criticize the guy. That's just who he is in that regard. I think he does other things well, as he's shown over the last few weeks since he's really been paired with Braun. But uh, it was I don't think either of them played a good game tonight. No. If Edmonton makes a deep playoff run, Hall goes back this July. He could. I, I, he wants to test free agent. I think Hall's going to go wherever the most money is. That's that's what you should do. That's the whole point of going to work is going where the most money is. The top team in the Pacific would be seventh in the Metro and miss the playoffs. Yeah, the like the the Metropolitan Division this year is fucking insanity. It's absolutely just ridiculous. I was watching the uh, the Isles and Colorado game last night, and it was the, the feed was a Colorado feed, and they were talking about the Metropolitan Division. Like the the Isles had a fifteen zero and two stretch at one point this season. They went seventeen games without a regulation loss, um, and like could very well miss the playoffs. Let's give the old standings a look while we're talking about it. Uh, let's see here. Did I oh, I did put the address in. Okay. Standings. Where are we at here? Yeah, Flyers are five points between behind Washington and Pittsburgh. Uh Pittsburgh, of course, has two games in hand. Washington has one. So there is always that as well. But uh Pittsburgh in first with 80 points. Washington in second with 80 points and one more game played. Philly in third with 75. All right, uh, Columbus at 73 in the first wild card, uh, Carolina at 72 in the second, and then, yeah, the uh, the Isles sitting there with two fewer regulation wins um, and one fewer total win, um, 72 points. They are, they are outside the playoffs, and then Florida right there with 70, uh, you know, two points out of a, uh, out of a wild card spot. So it's, it's so – it's crazy stuck, especially in the Metro Division. A couple of teams separated by only a few points here. 
uh, you know, Isles are out of the playoffs at 72. Flyers at 75 are in third place. It's it's just a mess, and the Flyers need to start stacking up some wins. That has to be that has to be the goal. Six game win streak, baby. We're two of two. Six game win streak. That is my goal right now. The Phillies will be a contender with Girardi. He's a great manager. That's awesome. Uh, they don't have any pitchers though, so I don't I don't think Girardi can pitch. Bill Clement looks like Ned Flanders. Yeah, he looks like Ned Flanders if Ned Flanders was in 70s porn. Like, Jesus. Will Hart start all playoff games? Unless he has, like, back-to-back bad starts, I have to believe he will. He's the number one goalie. His numbers show it. He's just better. He's just better than Brian Elliott. And Brian Elliott, like, how many games in a row? You don't want to have a rotation in the playoffs. There's no tandem in the playoffs. You go with one guy. Uh, I, I can't imagine they'll they'll do anything but ride hard in the playoffs. Scroll down, get a few more. What about Backlund from Calgary at 3C? Yeah, uh, listen, I'm, I'm cool with anybody stepping in and playing that role. I would love to see someone come in and really take the reins of a third-line center uh, role. Uh, that, would be, that would be cool. Get more out of JVR at 5-on-5. Um, you know, maybe move Lawton down, maybe put him at the wing and put Pitlick on the, uh, on the fourth line. There's a lot of different... A lot of different ways you can configure the things if you just get a little bit more center depth. And then if, if you know, if Nolan Patrick comes back, that's great too. But uh, I, I would just love to see one more center brought in. All right. Uh, Eklund, price for Drew. Yeah, exactly. Don't believe rumors either. Rumors are started by board people like anything you see online unless it's from like friedman or uh or, or bob it ain't real that's that's it all right guys i think we're gonna wrap it up there uh yeah we're almost at 50 minutes and i gotta work in the morning so let's wrap it up there uh hopefully you'll be able to hear me on the wip morning show tomorrow at least a little bit uh and that's that uh if you haven't already Please subscribe to Broad Street Hockey's podcast. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and uh, you get the hookup. You get all the post games. You get our checking out the competition pregame shows. You get the brief. You get the wrap. You get the uh, flagship show, BSH Radio. You get Fly Purbly. So much content. I don't even know all of it. Uh, we're probably going to do an emergency pod on Monday following the uh, – Following the trade deadline, wrapping up the moves around the league, hopefully a Flyers move or two to go along with it. Uh, and be sure to check out a Flyers game this season at Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern in Wildwood Crest, New Jersey. That's right, Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern, 
my favorite bar at the whole Jersey Shore to watch a Flyers game. And really, it's one of my favorite bars to watch any game, any time of year. That's right. Yeah, it's down the Jersey Shore, but they're open 12 months around, and they have every sports package you can imagine. So I guarantee the game you're looking for will be on. Timmy Fitz, I say it all the time. He's constantly there making sure that food is hot and that beer is cold. And he's a big hockey fan, so you know your Flyers. Let me try that again. You know your Flyers will be on, as will uh, pretty much anything you're looking for. So check out Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern. Get a roast pork sandwich. Tell them Bill Matt sent you. And that is it for me. Thank you all for joining me. Thanks for hanging out. If you haven't already, subscribe. I did that part already. Uh, yeah. So until then, until next time, have a great week, everybody.